Well, the provocative and powerful movie Queen and Slim is breaking Hollywood barriers out there. We'll talk to a South Florida actor about making the gripping drama and the response it's getting and the increasing need for people of color in the healthcare field. We'll talk to a medical student about what it takes to make it. And a good morning to all of you out there. Thank you so much for watching NBC Six Voices. I'm Jawan Strader. Well, Queen and Slam is one of the most talked about movies of the year. And so far it's earned or it did earn $16 million during its debut weekend. Yeah, that's how big the movie is. The movie tells the story of a young couple out there who end up on the run after a first date ends with a fatal confrontation with police. Queen and Slim is the brainchild of Emmy winner Lena Waithe, who wrote the film, and Grammy winner Melina Matsukas. It's the first feature film for both. Now, one critic describes it as a seven-layer cake of black American life made with love and nuance. Well, Miami native Bertrand Boyd appears in the acclaimed drama. He's here now to talk about the experience and the response the movie is getting. Bertrand, welcome to the show this How morning, you doing? brother. How you doing? It's good to have you, I'm man. Glad to be here. And now, now, people don't, they may not recognize you showing your pearly you, whites, but no. in the movie, you, you got the grills. Oh, in the movie, I have cornrows. Yeah. I, have, <laughs> I, have, I have a mouthful of gold, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm the villain. Yeah, the villain in <laughs> the, the movie. Villain, the villain. And of course, we're not going to give away any spoilers out there. So you can continue to watch, yeah. but you need to listen to Bertrand's story here. And first and foremost, brother, how long you've been acting at what, for seven years? Yes. About seven years now. But not, not only are you an actor, but Miami Grown, your father, you're a poet, world-renowned spoken word artist. And you performed in London, Dubai, and across the country. Yes, I have. You've done your thing. Yes, sir. And so how, how difficult has it been for you to break into Hollywood, especially black Hollywood? I have no idea how difficult it's been. I wasn't really, that wasn't really a goal of mine. It's just yeah. something that kind of just fell into my lap over time with the progression and me just going from student films, five, six student films to a shorter film to a, a big time video and to the movie. And it's just, everything just kind of, it just propelled itself into what it is right now. But being a part of this project, though, you're not just part yeah. of just any movie here. You're part of a movie that parallels what's happening in our society to a certain degree. Oh, just, you know, when we were speaking earlier, you know, yeah. how art imitates life. This is really just Melina and Lena just taking what's happening on a regular basis every day and then putting it to cinema. And right now it's really doing and getting the responses it should re receive right now. Uh, the character I play is important in, in, in the film, you know, once you get a chance to see it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he's not the most liked or loved, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's an eye-opener to see what is really taking place in the country right now. And how, how has this been for you, uh, being that it is your first feature film, but one that is gaining a lot of notoriety out there? How, how life-changing has this been for uh, Bertrand Boyd? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's been very life changing. I didn't, you know, as as being who I am, I'm very grassroots. Everything I ever done, I've I've tried to get it from the mud. Like I just really just worked hard at it. You know, yeah. there wasn't social media is very very keen right now, and it wasn't something that was big at the time. When I'm you know going through my going through the process of trying to become an actor and, and, and getting different roles and things like that. So right now, the reception that I'm receiving personally has been um overwhelming 
can't, I can't. I can tell you being humble it's too. Been, it's been but it's been overwhelming. It has been overwhelming, to be honest with you. I am not, I'm an introvert by just by nature. Like I really just keep to myself, but I always interact or do things that requires an audience or people to see me or right. gauge the talent. So it's hard to escape that. So with this, I didn't anticipate the reception. I didn't. And it has been, um, yeah, it's been a lot. It's, it's, been, it's been a lot. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I, know like, you I, wouldn't, are. I wouldn't change it. And the fact that you're here from South Florida and, and you're from South Florida, you're, you're Miami grown. And we love our Miami grown. We do. Yeah, we, 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 we do. do. We you're do. from we here. Really do. We so really do. how special is that for you? I mean, do you know how special it is for those that are in South Florida that are looking up to you? You know, I have friends like like I said, I'm an introvert, but I have friends that, that know that and they bypass all that and they celebrate me to the 10th power. Like they, they are so excited. Like the people, Miami has been, I feel as if you don't get any love at home, you don't get love anywhere. And I just, <laughs> Amen. the fact that I get all the love that I've been receiving from friends, families, strangers, it's been, it's been great for me. I can't complain, but you know, being from here and then hitting the silver screen and people being able to see me like, oh, I, I know him. I, you know, he's performed at my show or he's taught my kids or this, you know, that is, I love all that. I love it. I love it. But the attention that I've been receiving is something new that I have to get used to. Exactly. Especially if you're an introvert. I mean, that's just something that just comes with your nature and everything else. But you come across very humble, brother. You know, you really do. And what what would you like to do for those maybe aspiring actors out there, especially the youth? Because your spoken word, your mentor, he who mentored you, who's no longer with us, um, but he mentored you. Yeah. And. Is that something that you want to pass on to others out there that maybe want to be mentored in spoken word or acting? See, I, being that I, I'm also an educator, so I work with kids on for for years, and I have a company where I work with kids, and I introduce them to spoken word poetry. My company is called Scrap Paper Inc., and I go into various schools when I was here anyway, when doing you know doing more with the kids before the acting. But um, <laughs> I would go into the schools and I would just introduce kids to spoken word poetry, like you were saying earlier. You know, exposure is everything to me. So I, I would have never known about it had a teacher, uh, Miss Blue, had not introduced me to Will the Real and Willie Bell. So that was just something that uh-huh. I just kind of just took upon myself to just see where I can take it and like, I didn't anticipate anything I just knew that I enjoyed it thoroughly so I figured you know why not do this you know I'm, my first love is baseball and you know, I'm a baseball player so to go from that to <laughs> <laughs> talking about writing poems right, and then acting right. and things like that I didn't know the arts was going to be anything in my future but but it is obviously it, you know, it, it is and you're, and you're doing you're doing your thing okay I want to get back to the movie here because there are a lot of people maybe that have they, they still haven't checked out the movie. I know I haven't yet. There's a reason behind mm-hmm. that, but I'm going to check out the movie. Uh, but how is this movie breaking barriers, would you say? Oh, it's breaking all the barriers. I mean, with, first of all, this was my first Hollywood set, my first feature film. And then to be on a set where every person that was in charge was a black woman. Mm. It was kind of amazing. Mm. Like, it really was amazing. Mm. Like, from the, the, the writer, the, mm. the, the, the producers, the director, like, everyone, to, to the photography, like, every person I had, to, I had to speak to about something was this young black woman that, that was just basically in charge. So, and it was Melina's first film, major, you know, feature film. It was, it was Lena's first film. It was my first film. And the queen, that, um, 
Jody Smith. It was her first feature film. And so. you were playing with an Academy, uh, you know, nominated actor. So my name and, is and, Yeah, and Daniel <laughs> Kaluuya. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're playing a role with him. So how is that experience when people, and, and you may recognize him, you're looking at your screen right there, but uh, you know him from Get Out. A lot mm -hmm. of people know him from Get, Get Out. Exactly. And, as well as uh, a few other shows as well. But how was that? It was amazing, but nerve-wracking at the same time. <laughs> every day I was, like, because for me, it's like I was out there alone in so many ways. You know, I was with them, but I didn't know them per se. So I'm coming from Miami flying into yeah. Louisiana because everything was shot in Louisiana. I, um, I had to just really calm myself down, get myself together, really <laughs> collect my thoughts because I didn't, I didn't want to look bad on camera. I didn't want to look not. bad working. I didn't, and then I'm from Miami. Like I just had to rep. I had to rep well. And, and brother, you rep. I had to you rep well. You definitely rep well. And we encourage everyone out there to go check out the uh, movie Queen, Queen and Slim. And we want to thank you so much for coming on the show this morning, brother. I appreciate you. And, having and, me. and definitely, congrats to you. Thank you. All right, you got it. You got it. All right. Well, be sure to stay with us when we come back. Minorities in medicine: the increasing need for more people of color to become doctors. Implicit bias and racial disparities remain a big issue in U.S. medical care. Racial and ethnic minority populations have poor access to care and worse outcomes than their white counterparts. And one way experts say to improve this is to increase diversity in the healthcare workforce. And that means there needs to be more minority students in medical schools across the country. And here more to talk about that is Dr. Baru. Um, and uh, let me say your first name first, Dr. Carmel Baru, correct? Correct. All right, got it, doctor. <laughs> got it. And he is the first Haitian-American physician appointed to the Florida Board of Medicine. And Kelsey Grant, a current FIU med school student, welcome to the show this morning. Thank you for having us. All right. Well, doctor, let's get to you. Uh, why is it that we see a disparity in, in med schools across the country? Well, uh, uh, telling you the truth, uh, African-Americans and minority in general may not be as prepared uh, as their white counterpart to embark into medicine school. It takes a lot of sturdy, it takes a lot of effort prior to even considering medicine school to be ready for a mm -hmm. career in medicine school. We see many students uh, not prepared to take, for example, the MCAT score, which will determine whether you can enter medicine school at a certain time. We see that uh, uh, white counterparts may have a financial advantage where their parents may be able to afford them private tutoring, uh, repeat classes and what have you to prepare them from a very early age to attend medicine school. Some of the uh, private schools in, uh, in South Florida, for example, have pre-med path, which you start ninth grade, 10th grade. Oh. We're not even talking about pre-med, we're talking about ninth grade in high school, mm -hmm. where they rotate to uh, doctor's offices, they go to hospitals, uh, they participate in surgical uh, procedures, at least uh, they attend the surgical procedures, etc. So it gives them a significant advantage to see the medicine world way before us. And, and Kelsey, let's talk about your experience. And why is it that you chose FIU? Yeah, so FIU for me, it's really important. The type of medicine that I would like to practice is community-based medicine. So medicine that's really focused on communities that are underprivileged or underserved and underrepresented. Um, so that's something that I wanted to focus on professionally and FIU certainly focuses on that, not only uh, 
are they preparing physicians to do that in the future, but they're emphasizing that within their curriculum. So for me, this was the best type of education for the medicine that I hope to practice one day. But Kelsey, you could have gone to maybe an HBCU or, or something like that, uh, or you could have gone to uh, somewhere where there were maybe more people that look like you, right. but instead you chose FIU. Yeah, FIU has a ton of innovative programs that are allowing us to practice what they're preaching. So that was something that I saw when I went to the interview. That was something that I saw when I did my research. That's something that I saw when I met the students and the faculty there, and that was something that I felt that I wanted for my professional training. And Dr. Barreau, uh, you, you talk about that a little bit. We were talking off camera, and we talk about FIU being at about 9% uh, above the average, and the average is at about at 7%. Correct. And why do you think that's the case at FIU? Well, we take a very aggressive approach at recruiting our minority students. Uh, myself, I've been involved uh, with uh, the Haitian Medical Associations uh, and the James Bridges uh, Medical Society, which is a branch of the National Medical Association, at identifying high schoolers that shows uh, a preference for the medical profession. Then we groom them. We help to, we hoped and we help to give them the opportunity to see the world as uh, their white counterparts. So toward the end, uh, we take the, 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 the best ones and we try to groom them into uh, medicine school. Obviously, as a co-founder of the College of Medicine at FIU, I try as, as my best as possible to get them an interview, to get them the opportunity to participate uh, in uh, the, the selection process. And Kelsey, has it been a challenge at all? Has it been a challenge for you personally, uh, being at FIU? Or, I mean, <coughs> you know, I mean, hey, med school is tough. Yeah, med school is definitely tough, and med school is tough for everybody. So um, it's definitely something that takes getting used to, and I'm fortunate that I've had a lot of support to do that. But it's tough. That's kind of the name of the game. Um, but there's a lot of support, and I'm here to do what I can to do. Well, what do you have to, Kelsey, what do you have to say to there? There are many young women out there that are looking at you. Right. That look like you. And they're right. watching this morning, and they're like, and not just that look like you, but they're just women. Right. Uh, and, and the little girls. And they're like, man, can I do it? Yeah. And they want to know, can I do it? Can, can I do it? Can I make it to med school? Now, I know you're not officially a doctor yet, but I know you're on your way. I can just tell by talking to you. <laughs> but what do you have to say to them? I would definitely say that you absolutely can do it and you shouldn't let anyone tell you otherwise. There are opportunities, there are people there who are willing to help you. Um, and there is a way, this is not 40 years ago, this is not 50 years ago, this is not even 10 years ago. So there are a lot of opportunities for growth and you can do it and I hope that um, you're able to find the resources that will help you get there. Oh, 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 you said a key word there. You said resources. Resources. So we're talking about financial aid. We're talking about being, being able to afford it, doctor because that's the problem so many run into. Undergrad is hard enough to afford. I'm still paying on student loans. <laughs> but, but then you're talking about the, the next level. You talk about med school, you're talking about a lot of money. And that can deter a lot of people as well from wanting to go to med school that look like me. That is correct, but uh, it, the perception might be something, but the reality is totally different. If you are bright and you make it successfully to medicine school, that loans will be, you will be afforded the opportunity to pay those loans back. Uh, I do open, I did open uh, a scholarship for minority students uh, at, at FIU, and we try to, as much as possible, promote uh, the ones that really are in need of help to apply for that scholarship on a yearly basis. I try to recruit uh, others like me and others to see if they could contribute to the scholarship. The main question is always, why would I give a ton of money to a medical student when he graduate is going to make millions, so-called? 
The answer is yes and no. For example, if we have a minority student, his heart is in doing primary care, which may not be as well paid as a big-time specialty. Right, right. He may be swayed to go to go to that super specialty just to help pay the loans. But if he has no loans, he can follow what his heart wishes him to do, or him or her to do, and go to primary care. For example, uh, we have only 6% of minority in medicine school around the country. And uh, the minorities in general in this country contribute 31% of the population. You see there is a discrepancy. And if, you do not if you're not cared by your own kind, your perception of the quality of the care you receive decre decreases. For example, being of Haitian background, it is interesting to see how the fact that I speak Creole and I understand the custom mm -hmm. of my people makes a difference in uh, the quality and the outcome. For That's example, right. Haitians like to drink their little tea for every problems they have. I do not discourage them, but I tell them that blood pressure medication, you're going to swallow it with your tea. <laughs> it increased compliance because I, I, I combine the traditional beliefs of, of my culture That's right. with yeah. the Western, uh, the modern way to treat hypertension, for example. And that makes a significant difference. I love that because, yeah, you don't, you embrace that. You embrace who you are. You don't, you don't stay clear of that. Absolutely uh, not. I do embrace who I am, where I came from, and I'm amen. very proud. I love it. And, and, and going back, going back a little bit, because um, we were talking off camera, we were talking about the, the aid, the financial aid, the resources mm -hmm. there. How have you been able to do it? How have I been able to do it? I've been fortunate. Fortunately, I am on a scholarship that was offered through the school and loans. That's how most students do it. And it's not something that um, I think deters me because like you were saying, you will be able to pay it off eventually. And yes, you know, it may take some years to do, but if you are truly passionate about this work, it will pay off and it'll be worth it. Um, but there's definitely a need for more scholarships and more funding for individuals like myself so that this, you know, can seem more like a reality. Any last words for those out there that are watching? Well, uh, this is very important. Uh, any minority out there who wishes to have their sons and daughters in medicine school or in a medical profession as a whole, I would say, just like to paraphrase a great man, yes, you can and yes, you will if you put yourself into it. We are, you're not alone in that situation. We are here to help as much as possible. And I've made a, uh, I've made a significant uh, commitment to help any and all minority students that wishes to make their dreams come true, becoming a physician. And Kelsey, one, anything you want to say to those young ladies watching you this morning? Uh, I would definitely say don't give up the hope. There are opportunities for you to form any type of career that you would like in medicine, and it's just about going out there, putting in the hard work. There are resources and looking for those resources, and then it'll take you to where you want to be. So just keep up the hope. I'm inspired. I'm ready to go to med school. All right, let's go. No, I don't think so. I think I'm going to stay right here. Uh, Dr. Barrow, Kelsey, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you very much thank for you. having us. You got it. Thank you. All right, and before we go to break, we want to tell you about a great event happening in our community. The Christmas Chocolate Nutcracker gives us a black perspective to the age-old holiday classic out there. It takes place on Saturday, December 14th, with shows at 3 and 7 o'clock p.m. at the African American Research Library and Cultural Center. The address is 2650 Cistrunk Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale. Tickets are $10 for children and $15 for adults. That's it for our show today. Remember, education is the key to success. If you believe, you will succeed. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.